Folks, if your financial professional tends to speak in terms of their industry jargon, it can be confusing, but it's important to have clarity, which is why I so recommend Arif Halaby of Total Financial Solutions. My wife Sue and I are Arif's clients because he provided us with such clarity. He is very knowledgeable and capable when it comes to reliable retirement income. Tune into Arif Halaby's show, The Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour is sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions, Inc. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Hey, welcome back to the show. Welcome to the show, actually. I guess welcome back because I've been preparing. It feels like I've already been on the air. Uh, welcome to the show. Arif Halaby, this is Christmas Eve. Thank you for being here. Uh, look, this is an important part for me for two reasons. One, uh, I thought I'd do the show live. A lot of guys like us will, will record, and, and that's nice, too. There's reasons. But I figure if you're going to be here live, then I should do everything I could do possible to be here for you live. So it's just a, a way of, of honoring and having some integrity in, in what I do. I think that's important. One reason is because we handle your money. <laughs> Total Financial Solutions, TFS Financial Insurance Services is a part of this community for uh, 20, almost 28 years now. We're coming up. And next month, in fact, what is it, a week away? Something like that. 12 day, 10, 20, yeah. It will be, ready for this? 20 years on the radio. Can you imagine that? 20 years on the radio. When I first started, I, I told my wife, hey, I'm going to do a radio show. I think we can help people and, and teach. And she said, oh, that's great. Uh, what are you going to do? I go, oh, I probably have about three months. Three months of something to say. After that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's nothing else to say. I'll, I'll have covered it all. She said, oh, okay, that's great. And at that time, we were doing... Uh, two hours a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and, and running afternoon shows. It was fun. But boy, have we come a long way, haven't we? 20 years ago, what was the economy like? What was the system like? What was the government like? It was different, both in the state, right? We were still relatively Republican, relatively conservative, uh, certainly more conservative. We were still leaning left, but more conservative than before. The left has really done well at infiltrating not just unions, but the membership of unions. You see... There's always been the leadership of unions because they give money to the Democrat in return for votes. I mean, you know that, right? It's, it's a circle. But a lot of the members were, were conservative. They didn't always vote the way that their leadership wanted to. In fact, if you're part of a union, you know you get a sheet every year 
or every time voting comes around, it says, here's what we do. We like this person. We don't like this person. Vote yes on this vote, no on that. The change has been this, though. Today, the left has infiltrated all the way through government agencies. They've infiltrated through school districts. Oh, my gosh, have school unions ruined education? I mean, public education is nowhere close to what it used to be. And there's lots of reasons for it. One is because the emphasis removed from the kids and said, you have to pay teachers more money. Okay. You see, when educators went into the business of being a teacher, they didn't do it because they knew they were going to have a great pension plan. They didn't do it because they wanted to make a lot of money. They did it because they had kids in school and they wanted to keep the same schedule. They did it because they wanted part-time work, right? They, they, they did it because they wanted the summers off. They wanted two weeks off during the holidays or more. They didn't do it because they thought they were going to be rich. And uh, alert, alert, nor did I become a police officer when I was 21 thinking I was going to be rich. My pay was 32000 a year. That's a lot of money still, but not even close. 32400 I still remember. And, and it wasn't even close to what the danger and the things that, but, but you didn't do that. You did it because you wanted to serve just like our teachers. And slowly the, the union, the, the union machine went through the teachers union through to the, to the individuals and started telling you, it's about you. It's about you. It's about you. And then of course, now you have kids that pay no attention to what, what educators say. What was it? 72% of Yale Right, because this permeates all the way up through the through higher education. Seventy two, seventy eight percent of Yale. The students got A's, received an A grade. You know that that's not possible. I'm not saying they didn't cherry pick the best of the best. Well, usually that's what they do. Most most good universities. But you can't tell me that somebody wasn't sick or didn't show up or couldn't care less or had no aptitude for chemistry like me. <laughs> no aptitude for economics or history or psychology. So they just failed. No, 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 no. We couldn't fail you. Why? Because you reached into your pocket and pulled out whatever victim card you could carry. Two, three, four of them. Elizabeth Warren, she's very clear on she was an Indian. But not anymore. Now that we know. But she felt like an Indian. And her grandma said she was. So, so she carried that victim. Everybody carries the victim card. So what took place was the unions went through and really poisoned the chance for people to have a chance to succeed, really poisoned the chance for students to be put first. So across the country, what do we have today? We have more and more states giving school choice. We have more and more states eliminating bad educators. That's important. Because most of you are really good educators. If you're in the industry more than more than a year, some look, some of them, some of you know, you had a student teacher, somebody come in one, two, three, four years, say, this is it. I'm not going to stay here. And before they're tenured and before they have any real depth of regret, they just leave. So now what do you end up with? You don't end up with people that have a passion for teaching. You have a, people have to have a passion for social justice which is a lie, by the way. You know that doesn't exist. It's like it's like smoke. You can see it. Oh, yeah, that, look, look, there it is, smoke. Try to grab it. Mm, sorry. You just missed it. Like the State Farm fishing guy, right? 
Oh, get it, get it, get it. And the fishing, you know, the guy in the waders, right? Catch the fish. Oh, almost, almost. That's the social justice, DEI, baloney. It's all baloney. Oh, Eric, if you don't understand, it's so hard. Okay, ask Booker T. Washington, right? Uh, why don't you ask somebody like, uh, oh, Martin Luther King. Oh, what? You can't say his name anymore. He would be a he would be a conservative today, wouldn't he? So educators, you guys have to take back over your profession. You have to say enough is enough. I remember 15 years ago we did a we started a series, a show we did not an investigative series uh, as if that was our main career. But we did do some investigations, right? We had some team, a team of people were looking into things. Ready, ready what we found out? LA Unified, wait, wait, wait for it. Los Angeles Unified had uh, classrooms, had places where teachers that got in trouble, whatever the accusation was, legitimate or not, and they got punished. So they're removed from teaching. So they have to show up in this classroom and they bring their laptops, they bring their iPods back then, right? Whatever they're listening to. And most of them brought a pillow. And they would sit in classroom and they would get up to go to the bathroom. They'd sit back down. The humiliation of those teachers in teacher jail, we called it, was because the educators were paying. We, we did the math at one particular school. It was well over $1 million a year. Instead of adjudicating whatever allegations were made against high school, elementary school, whatever teachers, and saying, hey, this is true or this is not true. If it's true and, and it's a fireable offense, fire them. Suspend them, suspend them. Adjudicate and, and make it so that they didn't do it or, or it's a phony allegation from a vengeful student. Go, go back to school, go back to work. But they didn't. They kept these people for months and months and months. And so they would show up, clock in. That's their job every day was to sit in this classroom. And they had a monitor, you know, a teacher that would sit at the front. I mean, imagine this for a minute. A classroom full of middle-aged adults up and down the aisle with their pillow and a laptop and and where they would just wait. Some would study. Some were like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'm going to use this time to go get my master's degree. So they would get a master's degree or even a PhD. Whatever they were studying for, they'd get the next one up. So you see, the, the point of trying to create this world, there needs to be a single hand that says, enough. There has to be a leadership, right? Remember, was it Poland had Lech Walesa? South Africa had Mandela? You had Martin Luther King in the United States? Regional and national leaders from various countries across the Who's going to be the teacher that stands up? 90% of Baltimore students, wasn't it? Baltimore Unified School District, striking for the teacher. It's for the students. We need a livable wage, livable. Oh, okay, great. By the way, um, 90% of your students can't even read. Uh, did you know that? 90% of the gra graduates, which means they completed something. They graduated. They left one and graduated to the next level, and you can't read. <laughs> Excuse me? What did we just pay for? What did we buy? Babysitters. You see, the growing trend of people homeschooling is 
putting a dent because good students, good parents, parents that are normally involved, that pay attention, some of you are taking your kids out of school. Some of you can, some of you can't. Okay, so what do the others do? Well, along comes this thing called the pandemic or the lockdown. And when that occurred, what happened? You watched online as your teachers were teaching your kids. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What did she just say? Then they were like, oh, kids, you can't have your parents watch this. What? Whose children are these? Right? You're an educator. You get them for a period of time, one year, which really isn't a year. It's like six, seven months when you do all the holidays and vacations, etc. And I'm supposed to let you influence my child for the rest of their life on their values and morals? That's my job. The social justice story. Well, 2024 is coming, uh, 2023 rather, is coming to an end. What do you do to stand up? If I just want to, don't, don't. Listen, the reason I chose to do a show like this instead of Happy Happy Show, I like Happy Happy Shows. It's very simple. Because you're home. Some of you are listening for the first time. Wait a second, I'm preparing meals. I have Christmas coming. I have kids, family, friends, parents. You guys have to stand up for something. I don't mean be a jerk during your Christmas dinner. Uh, no, but you have to stand up. The time for being nice for the sake of being nice, kind for the sake of being kind, I think is over. I think you should still be kind and you should still be a decent person. But I don't think you should back down. Right? When Jesus overturned the tables in the money changers, he didn't say, okay, everybody can, hey, clap, clap. Hi, 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 everybody. Hey, hey, gather around. Hi, we're here at the temple. I know you're changing money from all the different regions, right? So you're bringing uh, dollars and we're changing them into euros. You're bringing euros and we're changing them into Swiss francs. I get it. Come on over here. So listen, you guys got to stop cheating these people. Get a little closer to fair, right? He didn't do that. Why? Because he knew that they knew what they were doing was wrong. He knew They made choices to be corrupt. Welcome to the Teachers Union 2023. Why? Wait, wait. What do you mean, Eric? You guys remember, if you listened to the show two years ago, summer, summer meals were being sent out. 2020 uh, pandemic had taken place. They shut down schools. There was this big push. There's no money to feed the kids. Some, this sometimes is the only meal the kids get per day. Some of these children in lower income families. President Trump said no problem. Issued a mandate for the Department of Education to fund meals through the F, uh, through the federal drug, uh, not the Fed, the I'll remember agricultural department, agricultural department, education department teamed up sent money for meals all across America. That's a lot of money. Logistically, oh my goodness. And in there was a letter expressing comfort. I read the letter expressing comfort. We'll get through this. Here's a meal. Thank you so much. What did LA Unified do? They required the educators to come in at 5.30 and 6 o'clock in the morning to remove the letter of every single boxed lunch that was going to be distributed that day. And you had to take turns. So you're Tuesday, I'm Wednesday, he's Thursday. You had to go and remove the letter because it said, sign President Donald Trump. 
on the bottom. So one of the educators, listen, I, I want you to know, listen, if you're far left teacher union person, you're probably not listening to me. But if you're center, you might be. I want you to know there are people that teach that don't believe you're baloney. But they, they need a job. There are people that teach that think that you guys are Marxists because they're educated. So they don't believe you. So they kept the letter. And then when those meals were distributed, all those letters that were part of and inside the meals were removed and thrown in the trash. School after school after school for LA Unified. Where did it come down from? From the top, from the administrators. Okay, well, bebop along here and what do you see? Oh, President Joe Biden sent a letter out. Same story. And they left it in. They left it in. Is that not corrupt? Can you say dishonest? So my point is, the money changers and the heads of the teachers' unions, they know what they are doing is evil. And they're choosing it because they think it is less evil than having Mr. Trump return as president or stay as president. So instead of letting you vote, you vote. They get a vote, you get a vote. If they want to go out and, and spend money on a billboard or advertise on a radio station or TV, let them do it. But why do we let them decide? Why don't you decide? Right? They were, they were losing the Hispanic vote. They were losing the lower income vote. So they did that. All right. So here's my, my solution. You guys have heard me talk over and over again. I got another one. I'm willing to compromise. Right now we have 40%, I think is the latest number. Four zero. 40% of people that are supposed to pay student loans haven't paid their November payment yet. <laughs> can, you, can you believe that? You're supposed to pay. Oh, sorry. Well, for three years, you don't understand. It's, it's hard to make that payment. Right? My budget. Okay, look. Three years ago, you were making the payment. The next day they said, okay, no longer, you don't have to make the payment pandemic. We don't know how long it's going to last. What you should have done is taken that money and either paid off another debt, taken that money and saved it, or taken that money and not acquired new debt. But instead, people spent it and they raised their standard of living. So the day when the old debt came due, which is student loan debt, they said, wait a second, we don't have the money. Yeah, yeah, but you have the degree. You took the product, you shoplifted already, you, you took it and you left and you're not paying for it. That's a problem. The difference is one walked in with a hoodie and one walked out with a hoodie, right? I mean, what's the difference between this and a Macy's or a Nordstrom's when someone goes in and, and ransacks it? Well, the difference is this. I've got a proposal. You've heard my last proposal. I've got another one for you. If you want to uh, forgive student loan debt, I'm good with that. I mean, listen, tough times. I get it. We're all in this together. I'm willing to do my part. I don't think I should do any more or less than, than the next person, especially since I don't have any student loan debt, nor do my children that's going to be forgiven. So sorry. Well, maybe, maybe we should do this. If you're a Harvard, Yale, University of Texas, Stanford, UCLA, any place with an endowment, which is most educated uh, schools, right? simple. Here's what you do. 
you have to forgive one third of the debt. That means you have to write a check. So let's say I owe $30,000 in student loan debt and I cannot afford to make the payment. Then what they would do is simple. The school pays 10000 The government can forgive 10000 And I have to pay 10000 But Eric, that's the taxpayer money. It's not the government. You're right. And here's the caveat. That educational institution cannot accept another student with student loan debt with a federal student loan. Then You want to start the next year? Fine. Pay your own way. Fine. Borrow money from your house, your car, your boat, whatever. But they can't accept another student for 10 years. So they are barred from any more students attending in which they have to have a loan for 10 years. Now, Harvard and Yale currently do, do it that way. Anyway, you can't attend there and have a student loan. Right? What, what they have done recently is they said, listen, you pay what you can and then our endowment pay the difference. See, government, we're doing great. No, no, no. Nope. You have to pay back the ones that, that already came and went. So that's one proposal. So what does it do? Well, the reason the challenge of paying off student loan debt is a problem when the government just forgives it is because it doesn't remove money from circulation. When they flood the system with money, the only way to get it out of the economy is for banks and credit unions and the Federal Reserve to start sweeping it out, literally removing it from circulation. And when you do that, you have to say it needs to leave your pocket, go and pay your student loan. The government takes that dollar bill and tears it up, burns it, whatever they do with it. Then what happens is that the amount of money in circulation reduces. Same thing with the, uh, with the endowments. Harvard writes a check. The government receives it because it's a student loan debt. The government receives it and cashes it, removes the cash, and tears it up. So now what you're doing is you're removing about two-thirds of the student loan debt from the system, right around a trillion dollars. It's a lot of money. That's the one way to do this. You see, the phoniness of the reporting, and, and look, uh, we've always known CNBC is a left wing, certainly left of center. I tell you that I read their reports. I do things very specifically to watch their shows, to look at their news uh, uh, online sites. Why? So you don't have to, number one. And I always want to try to be down the center as best I can with my my uh, opinions, my reporting, whatever it might be on the issue. Analysis is probably a better word. And when I take a look at something like CNBC, I go, you guys, you're a business site. Report on business. Instead, no matter what, they go after President Trump. No matter what. Look at the same wording on inflation or student loan debt. And instead of saying, hey, we know this is really bad and crummy for the economy. Or instead of just giving a pros and cons of each side, I'm okay with that. Let me decide. Oh, I think this is more important than that one. Great. Instead, they belittle the conservative side and go for the liberal side. You see, it's going to take people like you. 
you, you have to stand up. You have to stand up to common sense. I love my educating, my educator teachers, my, my teachers, right? Some want to be called educators, some want to be called teachers. I think today it's difficult to even be called an educator in some schools. You're more like a babysitter and, and it's not me saying it. It's you, you telling me. Some of you will say, no, it's not Arab, have respect. Listen, I respect it. I never threw anything at any teacher. But today, try to fail a black student. Try to take the... It used to be if you were a football player, baseball player, tennis player, somebody swimmer. I was a swimmer in high school. It used to be if you were a star athlete. I wasn't that, but <laughs> I did participate. Then, then they gave you a little bit of love and favor. Oh, you can come in on Friday and do the test. Oh, wait, I know you're going to be gone Friday, Saturday for the game. Uh, you can come in Monday and do the, do the exam, do the lab work. Right? It was always a little bit of pushing for the, for the, the, the sports person. However, today, it has nothing to do with sports. It has to do with race. Because suddenly you have become what you cannot control. Right? Which is your race. Something on the outside. You can control your actions, can't control your skin color. So try to fail one of them. You guys know it. Try to discipline one of them. You have school districts that won't even allow you to discipline minority students. Is that off the charts? Well, we need you. We need you to stand up. Stay with me after the break. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me on AM870, The Answer. We'll be right back. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher strategy learn from Arab Halabi. learn about financial hey welcome back to the show the now we're welcome back Halabi. total financial solutions and TFS financial insurance services brings us to you every week at this time we're live today and I did it for you because I think if you are here live if you're spending time to listen it's the least I can do out of respect for our listeners and so I appreciate you and and I uh, always want to do my best to, to deliver the best show possible. Discussing a couple of things, I kind of gave my my impression of why I think the education system, both in K through 12 and upper division, is having challenges. I think you have to stand up, get involved, get involved with your alma mater, send them a letter. The pressure that Harvard's, she's been negotiating, I want you to know that. She's going to be out of there, Harvard uh, president. Her objective is to not, is to, to leave with money. You you know that, right? Because she's never going to be able to get another job in higher education. She'll get on some President Obama task force or something. He's a friend of hers. He's been lobbying behind the scenes. But now that Harvard alumna reacting to her and asking her between the plagiarism and some of the other things. See, the plagiarism is a little bit easier to fire her for. There's not, not going to be a whole lot of social justice backlash. I think that's going to be gone. Right, they'll just pretend that that she's not really having an issue. Claudine Gay is a is a liar, and has plagiarized countless times. 
I don't know, what are they up to? Are they up to a dozen yet? Pretty close to a dozen references that she's plagiarized in her writings from many other people. And that's important because that is how they will get rid of her. And that is what they are using. The reason they have dropped that out is is instead of her going away politely, it's my analysis, and quietly and taking whatever crumbs they were going to give her that she deserved, by the way. She doesn't deserve a a big whole part of the pie, just crumbs. Instead, what did she said, oh, no, we're not going to. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, Release the plagiarism allegations. Pink. No. How about now? Uh, President Gay, are you going to leave? No. Release the other plagiarism allegations. How about now? Are you going to leave? Take these few dollars? Nope. So she's going to be gone. She'll be gone shortly. And so this matters because when people in higher education, they certainly definitely think they're smarter than you. That's why they bring up their education. You see, anybody who brings up their education, I went to, or who introduces you at a private party, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I go, shoot, did somebody tell you I'm sick? (laughs) I go, right, I'm financial advisor Arif. Well, what does it matter? Now, if I come to your office, I I would address you as doctor because that's what you... Well, Arif, he earned it. What does that mean he earned it or she earned it? I, I, I earned a lot more than that, right? Hi, father, husband, provider, Arif. Nice to meet you. You can call me father, husband, provider. You don't have to call me my first name. Why would he do that? Some of you are like, well, that's just formal error if it's higher education. We used to value that. We don't value higher education anymore. We value people that have stayed with their families, that have provided, that don't have moral defaults, that they don't fix quickly. That's what we value. Right? You notice that somebody like uh, Dennis Prager doesn't run around and say president, or I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Prager. Right? You know that I don't know if he's a doctor or not, but but he would never do that. Hi, uh, if you're an attorney, you know, I think that's a doctorate level degree, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So wouldn't you say, hi, I'm Dr. Larry Elder, because he was an attorney. So my point is, we have allowed a higher education and we, we live by those rules. We all agreed. No problem. Until you misled us and you cheated and you lied. And now not so much. All right, I want to jump over to this that I think is happening at record pace. In fact, you have heard me talk about it over and over. And now here's what we have being published. Let's see, where did it initially publish? Fox Business, surprise. One of the few honest business. I didn't didn't talk about their normal reporting. I, I think we're disappointed. All of us are disappointed in their news reporting. But on their business side, at least generally... They still have truth. Wealthy Californians are fleeing the state, putting tax revenue at risk. (gasps) Where have we heard that? Total financial hour? Nah. Arif's only been talking about this for a long time. Why? Because I tell you what I see at my desk. When people come into me because they want some or part of their money safe, right? You know I'm not going to make you wealthy. That's not my job. Any financial advisor who says they're going to make you wealthy, any financial professional who says they're going to make you wealthy, we're going to make you money. Almost always, they're lying. Maybe nice people, but they're not telling you the truth. So you can call them a liar. You can, you can. Well, they have 
they are not shading the entire tr call him a liar you, you can't make me wealthy because if you could you would have made your mom and dad wealthy and if you didn't you're a son of a gun by not taking care of your parents so get out of my way oh you did you, you helped your mom and dad. they're already wealthy okay good then you better have helped yourself you, your wife, kids, you better be, okay, wait, so, okay, you got them wealthy, you're wealthy, good. Okay, now you can talk about making me wealthy, a stranger that you don't know. They're not going to make you wealthy. My job is to keep you from being broke. How will you be wealthy? One, you have to pick the correct spouse. Everybody from Dr. Lord to Dennis, to Dennis Prager to Warren Buffett, pick the correct spouse. Number two, pick the correct career. You can be the best janitor in the world, but if you want a job as a janitor, you're never going to be wealthy. Robert Kiyosaki says, own the janitorial company. Now you have a shot at it. Right? Pick the career. We have amazing physicians. They make a lot of money. Half a million, a million dollars a year. Broke, renting. Nice people, but broke and renting. Why? Because they're the highest tax bracket and they spend more than they make. It never matters how much you spend. It matters how much you keep. The third thing is very simple. And I, I intimated it a little bit here. It's your habits. Your habits, your financial habits. So what has California done? Very simple. It has chased out. Ready for this? They have 40% of the tax revenue in the state comes from who? The top 1% earners. The top 1% earners pay 40% of the state tax. Do you understand that? Who do you think can leave? Who do you think can afford to leave? Poor people who get government benefits? Nice people. I didn't say poor, uh, bad. You said bad, right? I said poor. Poor people who get government benefits? Do you think they can afford to leave the state? This is a great place to be if you're broke. Oh, Eric, if you don't understand and the rent is so high. Listen, if you're still here, you're, you, you figured it out. Okay, ready for this? The, the state's population dropped net, net, by 75,000. All right, they count illegals in that. You understand that, illegal aliens. Not immigrants. No, no, don't ever let them change the words. You see, that's what they're doing. Boy, girl, she, him, he, ha, her, they, them. No, 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 they're changing the words. There's immigrants and there's illegal immigrants. If you come here as a legal immigrant, you have all the rights and privileges of any other legal immigrant. But if you're an illegal immigrant, you should have none. You should be patched up, fixed up, whatever it is, and sent back, wherever you came from. Oh, Eric, if it's war-torn, I get it. So then you go to the next country over. You don't come 17 countries afar from Central Africa through Haiti on a boat into Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico or Guatemala up through there, across and over. You're not supposed to do that. California has had a total of, we're going to just call it 400,000 tax returns leave the state. 400 leave. 241 come in. Okay, let's, let's think about this. How many people are on one tax return? One, two, three, four, five, maybe. So 399, 400, we'll call it 400,000. With 400,000 tax returns left, listen, the federal government reports this. They don't care where you file your taxes. If you file your taxes in California, Nevada, Texas, Illinois, it doesn't matter to them. 
because federal taxes are federal taxes. You pay them wherever you go. But if you, last year you filed your income taxes at 9469322, whatever, and this year you file your taxes at 762943, then they just go, hey, listen, he went from here to here. California has led the nation for years in out-migration. Here's my point. They are reporting one set of values, tax returns. What do I care about? Tax income to the state of California. Because they are spending money in the state faster than they are bringing it in. Then they chase out the people that are making money and paying taxes and creating jobs and creating other sources of income, right? Our business that creates income comes in the front door. We pay our staff. Our staff goes and buys a car, gets their hair done, goes out to eat, creates more jobs. When those people leave, they don't hire people. They don't hire people or pay them wages. They take that business, that job, that income to another state. I mean, you follow me on this? It's not difficult to understand, but you do have to comprehend the, the, the idea. The IRS said, the state netted, which means loss, okay, it's, an, it's a loss number. The state lost 331,000 people. Okay, but, but Eric, it's not really quite the, the 1,000 or 2,000 a day that leave that you said before. No, 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 because they're counting the illegal immigrants that come in. You can't tell me a husband, wife, and two kids that come into the state where the state of California gives them $78,000 a year, husband, wife, two kids, in cash and benefits, seventy-eight grand a year coming here illegally from you pick the country. It doesn't matter. Who pays that person? Who pays that family? Oh, and then a guy, and then a husband, wife, and two kids leave, and the, and the lady owns a, a software company. She makes a million dollars a year. Her husband makes a half a million a year as a nurse and, and, and has an urgent care. The kids are in school, private or public, it doesn't matter. And then he leaves, and she leaves, and takes their children. So $1.5 million in income leaves the state of California. Now what? Oh, you say, oh, four people left. Four people came in. No, no, no. One took, one gives. That's very important you understand that. California has a budget deficit of $68 billion. Now, I want you to understand this. That is only one part of the budget. When you and others keep voting for Democrats, this is what you get. Because Democrats thrive off of the hate of the other side. They don't think, they feel. So they feel like, I don't like Trump because look at how he feel, makes me feel. Look at what he said. It, he feels like a this and he, and he says that. Uh, all right, listen, I don't want to be his best friend. It'd be nice to meet him. I'd like to meet every, I mean, it'd be nice to meet President Trump. One, because I think he's a pretty tough guy. That's pretty cool. Right, anybody who's tough and who, who fights back, I have some respect for that. But I, I just want you to fix my country. Hi, 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 sir, my hand's up here. Here, here, pick me, pick me, pick me. Yeah, yeah, Arif, Arif, please go ahead, Arif. Yeah, can you please just fix my country? I, I don't care what you say or mean tweets. Oh, you're, that, that people, arrogant, he's arrogant. Listen, you can be arrogant. You're so, 
Do you look? Let's think about this for a second. You think you could be mayor of Modesto, mayor of Santa Clarita, city council president of Monrovia. Do you understand you have to be a narcissistic on some level? You think you can be a senator, a, a Republican? Uh, what? You have to be a little bit arrogant. You think you can be governor of any state? You have to be a narcissistic egomaniac that out of all the people in that state, that you are the one to lead them? Of course. Oh, now pick the president of the United States. Well, he's an egomaniac. Of course, I want an egomaniac. You can let President Carter, as lovely as a man and Sunday school teacher as he was, an amazing human being, got it. Check that box. I get it. Right? Good president? No. Good leader? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Sorry. Good man? Probably. Probably never cheated on his wife. Uh, I mean, I would guess. He seems like a pretty good guy. But a good president? No. So there you go, folks. You want a good president? There you go. Well, Arif, as a godly man, we want a godly man to be president. Yes, I do. My word. If I could ask the Lord for one thing is... Give me a package of every single amazing trait. Still be humble. Still be on your knees every day and lead this country. And he's going to, and then I, wait, is that, wait, is that Christ laughing at me saying, Arif, did you not understand that human beings are flawed, broken people and it's, they need me? And I, oh yes. Sorry, Christ. Gotcha. (laughs) It doesn't exist. We want a godly man to lead this country. So do I. But I don't want a godly man to lead us into 18% inflation. I want God to lead us. And he's going to pick a man. Have you not heard of Saul? Right? Have you not heard of Moses? They were godly men. Flawed crazy. Yes. Abraham? Uh Uh-huh. Full of doubt? Yep. So some of you that are conservative still can't get it out. Well, Eric, it's just not God. Hello. We need to fix this country. When God selects the man or woman, the team of whoever it is that's going to lead this country, let's be real focused. He's still in control. And maybe, look, people cheat. That's how Biden became president. You can't convince me that he didn't cheat or his team. I I just have seen too much. Local elections, seen too much. Seen how they cheated and pushed out a, a Republican congressman in favor of that thruple, right? The lady, Katie, yeah, she was an amazing congresswoman for the 15 minutes or whatever she was in there, sleeping with her staff, etc. Yeah, you can't tell me that they didn't cheat. Because the next time a regular election was won, Mike Garcia won by, I don't want to say a landslide, but enough to overcome the cheating that they did the next time. <laughs> you guys have heard me say this, I-, I think. But when people are leaving the state of California, it's the middle class that leaves. Now listen, Dan Bongino, uh, Scott Wilk, uh, state senator, the highest ranking state Republican, a friend of mine at, at one point, somebody I disagree with a lot for a period of time because I don't think they were fighting. But he came out 
It's it's now all over the, the net. I, I think, listen, by the way, good man? Yes, I think Scott's a good man. Do I agree with him 100%? Probably not even 60 sometimes. But that doesn't matter. Still a good man. But what did he say when he came out? He said, you're crazy if you raise your children in the state of California, in the education system. You are crazy if you have children and you're in the state, even if you homeschool. Why? He said, the state continues to pass laws and rules that require you to participate and requires them to oversee and even make decisions on your behalf when they're at pediatricians' offices. Instead of you being in control of your child, they're in control of what your child says and does. Allows them to come to school, dress the opposite gender. Come back into the office five minutes before they head home, put on the clothes that they left with. Yes, that happens and is happening now. Go back into the school, change back into the clothes of the, uh, of the gender that the parents think the child is, and then send them home. School comes back the next morning, wears different clothes, right? Boy wears girl, girl wears boy. And you're not allowed to say anything. Instead of the school administrators, the union leaders saying, listen, there are no kitty cats that come to school. There's no cats. We don't have furries. These are kids, boys and girls. Instead, LA Unified allows uh, litter boxes to be in the high school women's bathrooms so the girls can go to the bathroom because they consider themselves cats. They act, talk, look like cats. Last time in Southern Utah when I heard this and the school, I think it was the school board president, but one of the school board members came up and said, so you think you deserve to have this? Yes. Advocates, we're pushing for this. It's for the children, social justice, on and on, baloney, baloney, equity, equity. She said, okay, I will consider you to be a, uh, a cat. No problem. But you understand cats don't go to school. So because cats don't go to school, you shouldn't be here. So we're not going to make any changes. You can call yourself a cat. We'll call you a cat. But you go home. Figure out. Another way to be educated? Because this is silly. Pretty much the conversation was over after that. Thank you for coming. Next issue. Oh my word, was that person my hero? Because of courage. You see, if you're not brave, then you will be walked on. If you're not brave, your values will not exist. Because somebody has to stand up. And if it isn't you, then who? You see, my job in the financial world is simple. It's to give you income that never goes away. It's to get reasonable rates of return, to grow your money. We're going to grow it. Well, in most cases, we keep up or even surpass inflation. But not every year. Some years we, we break even. And st- I mean, we stay zero. We just don't go anywhere. Some years your income goes up 3, three 4%, sometimes 7 or 8 or 9. Sometimes zero. My job is to help you grow your lifestyle, because we live off of income. We don't take lump sums out to live. And that's really powerful. Because if I can help you with that, if that's what our company can do, we have a great team of people. We have seven, eight good employees, staff, people that that know what they're doing, been with me for decades in some cases. Very, very important part of it. What is my job? It's to give you income so you're not worried about being canceled. 
It's to give you income so you can spend your time somewhere else and not worrying about your money. Not worried about your income. Oh, next month the check comes back in. Oh, here comes another one. Eric, should I take Social Security now or later? Come into the office. Second opinion. Let me give it to you. Let me show you. Let's go over the numbers. We should take maybe the lower of the two Social Security checks. We'll take that now. The higher of the two Social Security checks, we take that later. Oh, Eric, if I have a pension. Listen, I'm not anti-educator. Do you realize if we value educators, the pension system cannot, will not, there isn't money, there is no way, it cannot happen that it can survive the way it is. Now, if you're 74, they expect you to die within whatever the life expectancy, so they're probably not going to change your pension. But if you're 34, there's no way your pension is going to be what they say it is. Never. There's four. 300 and let's call it 300 billion dollars upside down upside down supposed to have this we have that 300 not 47 dollars not like oh well at least we'll have some money to fix this is this is like do do you understand my point guys they have to cancel your pension the way you there just isn't money So what are they doing? Well, today they're doing the whole, we now have $68 billion upside down. The teacher's pension in fiscal year 22-23, which just passed, $31 billion in benefits were paid out. That's wonderful. About 800,000 retirees. So we're paying 800,000 people to not work. Oh, Eric, if they worked 20, 30, 40 years. Yes, they did. So if we honor and respect that, then we should have cared for them properly. We should have set aside more money. We should have taxed them a little bit more for their own pension. We should have made better rates of return, better investment choices. How do you think they're going to survive? Well, very simple. We need to have enough money in this pension system to last for a very long time. And right now it's not. Total Financial Solutions and TFS Financial Insurance Services, that's our job. You see, TFS Financial Insurance Services, our job, lifetime income, no worries. 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. If I can help, give me a call. Stay tuned for the second hour. It's your emails. Coming up next, some emails that I think you're going to find fascinating. Be right back after the break. I'm Eric Hallaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arif Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif Hey, welcome back to the show. Arif Halaby, the total financial hour. TFS Financial Insurance Services, we love that they uh, allow and provide for this to take place. It's a big deal because you get to learn. A little bit. You set aside an hour a week. I think after a year, that's 52 hours. 
of solid education, uh, information, learning. You set aside two hours a week. That's 104 hours a year. We're talking about an associate's degree by the time a few years go by, isn't it? Isn't it nice? Except without the liberal bias, the left-wing craziness. That might be nice. Wow, what an idea. Well, folks, I want to share with you something that I think is pretty powerful. You've heard me say before, rich people make the rules, not poor people. Oh, yeah. And they make the rules to benefit themselves, their friends, and their family. You understand that, right? Does anybody... But but let's think about this. Instead of your little Marxist capitalist argument coming out and your little Che Guevara red t-shirt, you know, starts waving in the air. Think about this. You realize that Fidel Castro made the rules to benefit himself, his friends, and his family. Napoleon, Genghis Khan, the Windsors before, uh, you know, Parliament came into be. That's the British monarchy, if you're not sure. Right? You understand rich people have always made the rules to benefit themselves, their friends, and their family. The United States isn't any different, except this, which is a huge difference. The rules apply to everybody. You just have to figure it out. If you figure it out, you win. If you don't, you lose. Now, that is being eroded every day so that this kleptocracy, this, this thievery class of the Bidens and their friends and the Obamas and their friends and the Clintons and their friends, that thievery class is starting to make that less true. That is where the danger comes in. That's why you have to get involved to go back to say, listen, you work hard and you work your tail off. I don't care what your race is. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care if you wear a dress to work or not. If you're a man, I'm going to call you a man. If you're a woman, I'm going to call you a woman. If you look like a man and and you're really a woman, you say, hey, uh, sorry, uh, my name is actually Bridget. Sorry, Bridget. Okay. Well, you have a deep voice, short hair. Um, I don't uh, A mustache. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to do my best. doesn't mean anybody's racist, phobic this or phobia that or. You have to stand up for common sense and that's what's missing. Because rich people will always make the rules. But in the United States, it's made so that you can have a chance. That's why there's hope in the financial system. That's why there's still hope that the United States can come back out of this mess. That's why I think there's value. You see, President Biden is waiting for this. They have sent many messages, informal messages, indirectly, indirectly, maybe. I know of indirect ones. I don't know of, in, of direct messages saying, Trump, you back out. We'll drop all of these charges and Biden will drop out. But Mr. Trump, if you stay in, we're going to keep pushing. Because at the end of the story, it's basically this. Any of the federal charges that are put in place on, on Hunter Biden will be pardoned by President Biden. You know that. Oh, it's just not fair. They picked on him. It's fair, not fair. They'll use the F word over and over. Fair, fair, fair. So I'm going to pardon him because I'm a family man. He's a good, good father. Good father. He'll sniff your hair, take inappropriate showers with teenage girls, prepubescent. I don't know the age. I have to check his daughter's diary. Those are the things that are very, very powerful in understanding the Biden crime family. It's creepy. It's weird lies about things on a regular basis that have already been disproven. His own staff tells him not to say, and he still says it again and again. You could, look, I just think it's evil. My point is, President Trump is not going to back out. That's just not his personality. There's other ways to have 
maybe had him back out, right? But he's just not going to. He, he, he isn't. So now what does that mean? It means Biden is going to probably not make it physically. Certainly he's not there already mentally, but not make it to the election. So what will happen in three weeks? See, I thought, listen, by the way, if he doesn't resign before the end of the year, I lose a steak dinner. I just want you to know that. I've been telling you for six months he's going to leave before the end of the year. I think he's going to wait. He's going to wait because he didn't go yet, so it's an easy bet. So I lost a bet. That's all right. I'm not a betting man generally because I'm not good at it. So that's why I'm not a fan of Las Vegas casinos. I just don't do well. But I can tell you this. If Mr. Biden, number one, he's not going to run. The Democrats won't allow it. They'll have a... Uh, probably a chaotic convention of some sort or he'll step aside. But in three weeks, middle of January is when you're going to start to see people coming out of the woodwork. They're already slowly dripping in bad information about Mr. Biden. So he'll leave. He'll step down. And maybe the new guy that comes in will pardon Hunter Biden as, as just a favor, just, just like President Nixon received the pardon and, and some of those other folks involved. Right. So, so I think you'll see something like that happen. What will that mean for Mrs. Harris, Miss uh, Vice President Kamala Harris? I, I don't know. I can tell you, I know people that, that said they gave her a chance as a Supreme court judge. That's why they said, uh, you know, minority female, that was the whole plan, by the way, have her go out, Hillary Clinton pop in Biden, step down. Hillary runs as the first president, female president. Because remember, they care about identity. They don't care about conduct. They care about what you look like. So everybody is in their little box. That's why this whole thing about plagiarism, uh, President Gay out of uh, Harvard, right? They, they can't figure this out. Wait, a, a black female, we get two checkboxes for her. We can't just push her to the side, but she keeps doing the same dumb things over and over again. We have to figure a way to get rid of her. Right, It's the old live by the sword, die by the sword. Look at the French Revolution. The guy who created the Robochet, suddenly they guillotined him. Right, He was next in line. So I think eventually the mob turns on themselves. They eat themselves. We can sit back and enjoy it because polit political careers from the Al Sharptons of the world should have been ended a long time ago if there was any decency or justice. But there isn't. Not on the Democrat side. That's not how they play. All right, I want you to listen to this email. This is really important because there's going to be lessons in here for all of you. And remember, with all of these stories and these emails, you can add a zero, take away a zero. Oh, Eric, that's a lot of money. I'm just going to shut down. No, no, no. Take away a zero. Instead of 250000 make it 25000 Instead of 100000 make it a million. Whatever it is that applies to you, you can add or subtract a zero. But you need to understand the principles of the plan or the advice or, or the direction, the way we set up reliable retirement income that never goes away. That still can apply to you. All right, here we go. Dear Arif, my husband 65, is 65 years old and I am 62 years old. We have been together for nearly 40 years. We have sold our business for $4 million with $1 million up front and $250,000 per year for the next 12 years. We also have about $1 million in our Roth IRA accounts. 
we have set it up so that our kids will inherit the payments from our business sale if we pass away before 12 years is up. Our retirement accounts are tax-free when we spend them. Yes, they are because we're pausing here for just a minute. Yes, they are, guys, because it is a Roth. They can spend this money and not pay any taxes on it. In addition to that, that's, that's really important. It does not affect your Medicare premiums. Okay, so for a lot of you that are receiving Medicare and you're like, why do my Medicare premiums go to 400 bucks? It's for that reason. All right, so we do not have that. We do not have that as an issue. All right, continuing. We still own the building that houses all of our equipment and tools that we sold to the new owner. We are currently receiving $4,000 per month in rent from that building. It is owned in a separate S corporation. We also have an apartment building in West LA that is worth $3 million. We owe nothing on it. The rents each month, after all expenses, are about $8,000 a month. Since we need and want, right in the neighborhood of $15,000 a month to live on, we think that is more than enough coming in from those two sources, the building and the uh, sale of the business, each month live on. We do not have to touch our Roth retirement accounts. We don't even plan on starting Social Security until we both eat, reach age 70. We also don't plan on using our Roth IRAs for any unforeseen health care expenses. Okay, guys. So here's my recommendation for this. And this is, I think, a really important part because in your world, you need to understand, again, add zeros, take away zeros that apply to you. You need to understand the impact of these different things. All right. Number one, the Roth IRA. Let's get some explanation. If you make $50,000 a year and you put 5000 into a Roth, you don't have to pay any taxes on that money when you take it out. But if you put 5000 into a Roth and you made fifty, you don't get a reduction. It's st you still pay tax on all 50000 If it's a traditional retirement account, regular 401k or, or IRA, and you earn 50000 a year, and you put 5000 into a traditional 401k, today you pay taxes on 45000 a year. Right? See the difference? Get a tax break now, get a tax break later. All right. If it is an a Roth IRA account, all the earnings are never taxed again. So if you put $5,000 in, as it's growing, five becomes six, becomes seven, and you say, okay, send me a check for 7000 all of it is tax-free. Ooh, I like that. That's an interesting idea. What can we do with that money? Well, here's a very important part. I want you to use some of that Roth IRA money to buy life insurance on both of you, if you can. Some of you, one of you may be healthier than the other. But I want you to buy life insurance on the other. Here's why you need to do this. Because whenever you sell a business and you do this type of financing, again, 27 and a half years, right? We're, we're in our 28th year in practice. Chances are really good. I don't know what the numbers are. If I was just guessing, I would say 75%. Three out of four times that people do a sale that's an installment sale. They get a, a large upfront, whatever, mechanic shop, muffler shop, manufacturing. It doesn't matter. Whatever you receive upfront, you need to count that as all you're going to get because almost always there are snakes out there. E even medical practices, 
right? Where they find a way to not pay you one or even all of those monthly or annual installments. You're just never going to see the money again. I know you think you're supposed to, and you might, but what if a 2008 crisis comes along? They're not going to have any business and they're not going to pay you. What if there's a collapse like in 2000, 2001, 2002? Three years in a row, we had a negative stock market. Three years in a row, we had recession and problems and economic issues right after 9-11. Do you think they're going to still have the money to pay you? No. So I think you have to understand that if you get a check from them, I'm super happy. If they pay you, great. If you receive it, I am overjoyed. Can we count on it? No. Oh, but Eric, if you don't understand, we, we made it ironclad. Okay, what are you going to do now? You're 62 years old. Your husband is 65. Six years from now, you haven't stepped foot in the business. They haven't paid you for two years, and now they default. You're going to walk into a business that has no customers left. You've been out of it for five years, six years. You don't know anybody anymore. The industry has changed. Technology has changed. You have a bunch of equipment that's five and six years older now because if you do an asset sale, right? Sometimes you can sell your customer client book a business, contacts, contracts, etc. Most times you're going to sell inventory or equipment, manufacturing equipment, but it's always older, right? So whatever you're selling, you have to sell at a discount. And five years later, it's even older. Technology has changed once or even twice by then. So my point is, it's nice that you're going to be receiving 250000 a year for the next 12 years, but we have to plan that that just might not come in. Okay? So why are we going to do life insurance for that? Very simple. Because if something happens to one of you and they refuse to pay, I need the life insurance to come in and pay the other person so that you can continue to live. Because here's what's going to happen. Life insurance is tax-free. So is your Roth. So we're not changing a tax-free asset for a taxable asset. A lot of people do that in our industry. I don't like that. Sometimes you have to. But when we don't have to, I like that. It's, it's a plan. Here's another part that I think is pretty important. You need to have a revocable living trust in place. Have the trust be the owner of the debt as well. Have it be assigned to the trust. Here's why. Your children are supposed to inherit that uh, that debt each month. But the deposit is going to go into a trust bank account. Well, you guys are alive. So you can cash it. Send me a check. Great. On the first of the month, whatever it is, and the first of the year, whatever that deposit, boom, it goes in. I can spend that money anywhere I want. It's now mine. I still have to pay taxes, etc. But it's it's mine. It's in the trust bank account. I'm the trustee. Okay, now, if I pass away, that check should still keep coming in because now my wife is the trustee, right? We're co-trustees anyway. But if she passes away and the check is still coming in, whoever child or, or children, or they're now the executors, successor trustees, and they now receive the money. You follow me? I don't want it to go to my personal bank account and then the probate court says, sorry, you have to wait until you get a judgment in order to open up that account again. Meanwhile, that money has been deposited or not. Nobody can act on my behalf because the court has to wait. You see, during COVID, what happened? 
six months to two years before your probate case was heard. <laughs> six months to two years. Instead of a couple months, two, three months? No, no, no. Years. Because everybody ran to the corner. You know, they all wore their little masks and their little space suits. And... So years. All right. Here's the other part. There could be significant capital gains on the sale. Make sure your CPA knows what type of sale. Is this an asset sale? Did you sell the corporation? Most of you need to understand this. When you are selling a business or, or buying a business, please do not buy the corporation. Buy the assets. You can buy the name, but do not buy the corporation. Why? Because if there's a lawsuit out there, known or unknown, if there's any liability or dumb things that were done by the corporation, the day you leave, any debt acquired, whatever, the day you, that person is gone and you now own that corporation, that entity, ask your lawyer, what am I on the hook for? Wait, wait. Ask Elon Musk what happened to Twitter. Right? There are still lawsuits pending from prior to him even taking over the company. And he now has to pay it. Why? Because the company is at fault. The company committed whatever problem or crime or, or uh, civil allegation. So he has to write the check because he acquired Twitter, the company. Now you have to when it's a public sale like that. But for most of us, it's not a public sale, right? Most of us, it's private sale. These are very important things to understand. That's why you want a, an attorney and a CPA, maybe a financial professional. You want a team of people involved. And it's not just you, your buddy, or the manager, or the guy, or the great gal, or the person, anybody like that who's running the shop. I want it to be professionals that are not emotionally involved, that are involved in the sale. All right, here's what else I want you to do. I want to make sure there is a lien on the new business, whatever the new corporate entity. So if it goes from Arif's plumbing service to now Joe's plumbing service, I want you to have a lien for that money so that Joe's plumbing service owes you for that money for the rest of the payment history. Better yet, especially this large of a sale, there better be some sort of assets that you can lien. The man's personal house, the lady's personal bank account and uh, a retirement account should be put up something because this isn't just 20 or 40 or $50,000 that they're supposed to pay you over the next five years, you know, $5,000 a year, whatever. That's a lot of money, but they're not going to pay you and you're not going to sue them because it's five, 10,000 10, bucks. It doesn't matter. It will cost you way more in legal fees. And this person knows it. And those are often the ones that are skipped, right? That they just don't pay. I've heard stories about motorcycle repair shops in Orange County. I've heard uh, reports about uh, plumbing and electrical companies, HVAC companies, on and on and on and on. So it doesn't matter how smart. There are professional guys that do this for a living. They are. This is what they do. All right. Here's the other part that I want you to, to look at. Consider starting a social security check as soon as the, the lower of the two, as soon as you can, just to bring in extra money. Well, why, Eric? We don't need it. 
Why don't we let it grow? Because when one of you dies, you're going to lose the lower of the two social security checks. And I don't want you to lose the lower of the two social security because here's what's going to happen. If you have earned income, that means you're making money. You're going to work. You're making money, not, not money coming from a past sale. Then I don't want you to start social security until you reach age 66, seven or whatever it is. But if you are not working, if you are receiving money from a rental, that's passive. If you're receiving money from the sale of a business, passive. So not you actively working. If you're doing that, start social security because you're already going to get hit pretty hard on Medicare premiums. You guys know that. Well, the last few years, Medicare premiums, yep, it's the way it goes. So you're going to get hit hard and it will hurt you financially. So you might as well put the money from Social Security's pocket into yours. Use it to take a trip, pay off something, just save it, whatever you want to do. Give it away. And then the, whoever's the larger of the two, if this in this case, if it's your husband, we wait till age 70. Because when he passes away, because statistically still guys are dying sooner, you'll lose your Social Security. But guess what? You will receive his. All right? Spousal. Some of you don't even know this. Some of you have... And now, listen, if you were married for at least 10 years and you divorced in 1987, haven't seen him, hide or hair of him, you're still entitled if he passes away to his Social Security. Do you know that? Even his second ex-wife and his fourth ex-wife, all of them can get Social Security. That's why it's a broken system because they give away 250% of 100% of the money because he gets 100% and his ex-wife gets 50 and the other wife gets 50. 50 right? it, it, and then once he dies, everybody goes whoop, right up to the top. I was getting... 1200 a month. Now I get 2500 a month. Yep, you sure do because he's dead. You get that extra money. Thank you so much for playing. Even if you haven't seen him, don't know about him. Now, some of you don't even know if your ex is still alive, right? Maybe you didn't have children, but you were married 10 years and 10 minutes or longer. You walk into Social Security office. I would do it about once a year. Go in with your documents, marriage certificate, divorce decree, birth certificate, social security number, walk in and say, hi, I just want to check. Is Joe, Joe Smith still alive? Yep. Okay, great. Thanks. Bye. Hi, I want to check if Joe Blow is still alive. Oh no, he passed away four months ago. Great. I'd like my step up. And then they give you four months back pay. Kind of cool. I mean, not that he's passed, but kind of cool that, that if you remember it, because they're not going to remember it, that if you remember it, they'll give it to you. All right. Pretty neat. And here's the other part. The lease on the building. I think the lease on the building needs to be longer than what is owed for you on the purchase payments. Here's why. You guys have a building that they are renting from you for $4,000 a month. I guess it's a building and some equipment, whatever, a uh, building and, and equipment storage. So $4,000 a month. Why would I have a 15-year lease on 4000 a month? And you can have it rise, but here's the provision I would put in there. If they default on paying any debt that they owe for the purchase of the building, oh, wait, that's to me too. 
then the rent on the building goes from $4,000 a month to $10,000, for example. Why would I do that? Because then you can control the operation of their business. I told you it was going to be a little sticky, a little complicated. Think of it this way. If you have a sale of a business or you're going to purchase a business, please have professionals, attorneys that do this for a living, CPAs that understand the numbers. Not somebody who does your taxes, then also uh, chases ambulances, and then somebody else who, oh, he's my CPA and my financial advisor. Impossible. You can only be one that's good. You could be so-so at a lot of things, but I want you to be great. And the way you do it is you work with the professionals. Stay with me after the break. Air of Halloween, Total Financial Hour. Be right back. The Total Financial Hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now hey, welcome back to the show. Air Halley. That's me. We have a great uh, firm for you to, to come in and learn. Maybe, maybe the idea is just getting a second opinion. If you've retired or you want to retire and you need reliable retirement income, that's what we do. My goal is to understand for you, anyway, for you to understand. A couple of things. One of those is how did this macro world of U.S. politics, international politics, affect some of your retirement money? That's important. Second is what's happening in the state of California. A lot of you say, hey, Arif, aren't you that the state is falling apart? Yes, yes, and yes. Will I move? Listen, my job is not to leave you, right? We have offices in other places, so I can handle both places. But but my objective is this. It's to to fight back. Like I, I want you to, to not give up. But you can do that from another state. Right? You have to be worried about you and your family. I have to be worried about 800 clients. So it's a little different, right? It's like being a parent. If you're the parent and you have to worry about your four children, each child has to just worry about himself. So you make decisions differently. You make decisions, how does it impact the entire family? They make decisions, how does it impact me? Well, I have to think about how does the decisions of running one of the largest financial companies in what we do in the state of California, how do I handle that to make sure we're still servicing you guys? So, so we're not going anywhere. We own the building that we're in, so, so that's not a, an issue that I have to worry about at least or a problem there. And we have satellite offices, right? Glendale is one that's pretty close to you, Simi Valley. Our objective is very simple. It's to be there for you. We have a great team of people. And that's what I do. You come in, you see me, by the way. A lot of people come in and go, oh, I didn't know I was going to see you. I thought I was going to see one of your representatives. No, no, no. We have a, When I say a great team, they handle the back office so that I can do my job. They are great at their job. And we're thankful for all of them. Many of you know Carrie. You know, Jeff, Janie, Karen, Laurel. These are all amazing people. We couldn't have had an amazing 2023 without them. And they've been a part of our family for quite a long time. Seven, 10 years, 15 years, 20, 20 years, long time. And that's what's made us great. 
I think the newest person is, what, three or four years. So we don't have folks come and go. And the reason we had to hire a new person is somebody had to move (laughs) because their family, their family moved. Right? So, So maybe you have to be that person. And because we're licensed in, uh, what, I don't know, 15 states or something like that, we're not going anywhere. Our job is to help you live the life that is intended, but it's to also tell you the truth. And I think if you're going to stay here, many of you are like, I'm not going anywhere. My elderly parents are here. My children are here. My grandchildren. Fine. Then you fight. You fight. You don't be the one that somebody else is going to do it. Right? Some of you are those people. I had lunch with somebody. It's been it's been a few months now. And he's in front of his wife. He was a professional athlete at one point in his life, not anymore. He's probably, I don't know, early 50s. And he talked about how much of a coward he was and and he was proud of it. Now, he used that word once. I'm going to use that word a couple of times, but he used it once. He said, listen, if there's a fight or an argument or a dispute or, or I see somebody being picked on, he said, I go the other direction. I just walk. If I can walk away, I'll walk. If I can run away, he said, I will run. I'd prefer to be a coward than to stand and fight. I go, well, well, what about if it's like an innocent person being hurt or something? It doesn't matter. I got to go, man. I'm not going to stick around. I thought, wow, that used to be something somebody would be ashamed of. And if they even are that way, they would just never say it. And if they did, they would never say it in front of a woman because as a man, a woman doesn't want to be around somebody that won't protect her and her children and her life. He had no problem. And I think my wife knows me so well, 32 years of marriage. I think she knows me so well. As soon as he was saying that, I, I know she was like, oh, this is going to be a fun conversation later. Cause I, and look, I am not afraid of telling you that you have to be courageous. You guys know I spend my time, my money, my efforts. You've heard me say, if you're not supporting somebody for, uh, for a Los Angeles district attorney, if you can vote, and if you're not supporting somebody like Deborah Archuleta, Judge Archuleta, Debbie, Deborah, call her, call her one of those things if you want, against Mr. Gascon, right? George Gascon is a lousy human being, lousy human being. For whatever reason, he hates Americans. He hates America. I can tell you when I worked with him on the police department 40, 30, 30 something years ago, he hated the police department. He didn't like what LAPD stood for. He didn't like what LAPD does or did. He was a early first, first level uh, supervisor. He was, he was a beginning sergeant, I think, when I knew him. And everybody knew he was a coward back then. He wouldn't stand up for the officers. He wouldn't stand up for what's right. And we're like, whoa. So people just stopped talking to him. And then I think that made it even worse, right? Oh, well, I'll show you. So he rose up through the ranks, got his law degree from Kellogg's school box full of whatever law school. I don't know what he did. Night school, went on district attorney in San Francisco. Lied to those people. See, I'm a police officer, sergeant, supervisor, lieutenant, blah, blah, blah. I will protect you. Liar. Hurt those people. So comes down to L.A., does the same thing. 
He has no business being in the district attorney's office. If you can afford to send money, if you can afford to help, right? You heard me say courage, standing up for things, costs. Sometimes it's just money. God willing, that's all you pay. Some of you lost your jobs. What if you stood up for something, gave money to a cause, $50, $500, $5,000, I don't know. And it made a difference. Right? If you're going to stay in California, if you have children or grandchildren in California and you're not going to put money towards defeating the bad guys, I don't know what to... Listen, if you're hungry, if you can't afford food, shelter, clothing, then don't, don't, don't give money. Care for yourself first. You have to put your mask on first. If the plane has an issue, you put your mask on before you take care of somebody else. Right? You, t- you care for your f- food family. But if you can do that and you have some money left over, you have the ability... Consider it. You, you understand? Consider it. The old put your money where your mouth is because people value money a lot more than they value their effort and time. So they're afraid. They just don't do it. All right. Deborah Archuleta, you've heard me talk about her before. I'm telling you that's the place to go if you have any hope in California. All right. I want to continue here with something that's pretty powerful. Some of you for whatever reason, we're getting it more and more. I don't know if it's just the the season of our practice, right? 28 years now, coming up on 28 years of, of doing what I do. I think it's the season of the practice. And here's what I'm saying. You have adult special needs children that you're caring for. Some are grandchildren, but a lot of them are adult special needs children. And you're not always sure what to do, what benefits they can qualify for, how to manage it, how do you title things, do you have them live with you, and on and on. Well, on the social side of things, what they're good at, what they're not good at, in other words, can they care for themselves, can they manage their own lifestyle, etc. That's something that professionals in that area are going to have to help you with. I'm going to give you general and even anecdotal evidence because generally speaking, the more independent they are, the better off They are, right? The better sense of self-worth. I've seen people thrive when they have some responsibility for themselves, thrive when they have some responsibility for what they're uh, eating and, and caring for themselves and shopping on and on, okay? so, But that is going to be something that somebody else cares for. Here's what I care about. What's going to happen to your special needs child when you pass away? What's going to happen to your special needs child when you need care or when you can't do what we call long-term care, when you can't do activities of daily living, feeding yourself, going to the restroom, walking, right? If you have a physically disabled child, they can't lift you up. So what do you do? All right. So I want to share with you an email that I received recently, not too long ago, weeks And it's important because in this particular case, you have to realize a special needs child needs special care. They can't use the same cookie cutter ideas that everybody else does. And if if you don't have a special needs child or grandchild, I don't want to say count your blessings like it's not a blessing to have a special needs child. Sometimes they're the biggest blessing in a family. But count your blessings that you have one less thing to be concerned about. Maybe that's a a better way to put it. 
right? I, I know families where a special needs child is the light and the hope of the family. From entertaining to witty and everything in between, all right? So you count your blessings, you have less to worry about or at least different things to worry about, all right? Here it is. Dear Arif, I'm 61 years old and my husband is 64. We are retiring and relocating our home out of California. We are hoping to find a large enough truck to move all of our furniture and years of items that we've accumulated. My big concern is for my special needs son. He is 34 years old and has worked off and on over the years. His social security disability benefit each month is $1,700, and that is more than enough for his day-to-day expenses, but he is going to have to live with us for the rest of his life. Our other son is successful financially speaking and lives near where we will be moving. I am unsure if our husband, if my husband will work part-time or full-time when we settle into our new home. We do have about $400,000 in our savings account after the sale of our existing house and the purchase of our new one. We will have uh, we will be buying it in cash and we'll have no mortgage on it. We also have an additional 575,000 in our retirement accounts. We will no longer have a house payment and all of our other debt will also be eliminated. My husband's pension from the school district will be $7,900 a month. My social security is $1,800 a month. Between the two, that is more than enough for us to live on each month. Here's my question. Is it possible to use some of our retirement money to travel once or twice a year? How do we make sure our son is cared for when we both die? I do not want my other son to feel like he has to care for him. All right. Signed anonymous. I'm not going to say their name. All right. This is important, folks. Do you see the issues here? They're not going to have a mortgage payment. That's great news. But you always have property taxes. Do you understand that? You never pay off property tax. It's forever. And in most places, it goes up a little bit every year. Right? It's reevaluated. It can also go down if there's a recession. But for most places, it goes up all the time. So that means you have to understand there still are going to be fixed costs that go up with that, uh, that are associated to our housing. There's also insurance. If you live in places where there are hurricanes or tornadoes, you're going to have special insurance, just like earthquake insurance in California. And also, every, 50 state, every uh, state of all 50 have had earthquakes. Certainly not the same as the Northridge earthquake in 1994. I understand that. But every state has earthquakes. So you're not going to just disappear and say, well, no, no uh, earthquake, so I'm not going to worry about that. You might. You might do some research. But you might be in a tornado or flood damage or, or hurricane. So you have insurance and you have property taxes that never go away. In states like Texas, property taxes are their main source of local and state revenue. School district money water district money. That's how they care for the roads and bridges and pay for people to, to live. Okay. These are important things. And by the way, Texas's pension system is not doing very well. They're promising great benefits and they need to collect more money from the people. If you have a pension, we have to charge you more money and they're not doing that. So they have to do that or else they can get into kind of a big financial yucky mess. So Texas certainly is not as bad as Kentucky. And Texas is not as bad as, oh, let's say, Illinois or California. 
but just know that it's that it's an issue. So if you're going to move to a place like Texas, Illinois, California, you're going to have issues. All right. Here is my solution. Number one, sell or give away nearly everything. I don't care if it's your bed frame that you love, unless there is some sentimental or serious financial uh, value, right? Oh, it's an antique from 16th century France. All right, cool. Take it with you, of course. But if it's something you can buy on the other side, wherever you go, from Costco to Sam's Club, Ikea, it doesn't matter. If you can buy it on the other side, TV, dressers, couches, get rid of it all. Sell it, get rid of it, I don't care. Take the clothes that you need and like. Take your electronic, right, personal computers, whatever it might be. But there's no reason to haul around used furniture. You're not in the used furniture business. Sell it, give it away. You guys have more than enough money to buy new stuff that's going to fit into that style and the size because sometimes the rooms are of different shape and your big fancy couch doesn't fit there. It doesn't matter how nice it is. Tough luck. New couch. So keep that in mind. All right. So sell and give away most items. So that means you're going to have a smaller truck. So that's important. I don't like movers. I don't mean individual people. They're nice people, probably. But moving companies have been nothing but scam artists in countless stories. Of course there are good ones. Eric, I run the best. Great. Be the honest one. Be the light. Be the fighter. Have the courage in the middle of your industry. But your industry is horrible. They are thieves. The, the industry is full of crooks. Is it Arif saying that? No, no, no. Better Business Bureau. Better Business Bureau, number one complaint. Movers. Why? I, some of you remember the story, but it's been a, quite a long time, probably a couple of years. So I'll sell, tell it again. We had a friend, FBI agent, moved out of state. FBI agent, retired, bad guys knew this, moved across the country with their family. Uh, they take the important stuff in their car and they drive however many hours and days to get over there. They get there, their items are going to come a few days later, it took even a, more, a few more days, finally it arrives, but in a different looking truck than the one that they had left with. So the guy knocks on the door and says, hi, are you so-and-so? Yes. Uh, we have your items for moving truck. Oh, that's not the truck. Well, that truck broke down, so we had to hire a different truck. So your items were moved from that truck into this one that's right here in the on the front street. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead and move it in. Start. No, no, no. You don't understand. We need $10,000. She's like, what? What do you mean $10,000? Yeah, we need an additional $10,000. Well, but what about my... My stuff, I already paid for it. Yeah, but, but we had to pay for the truck. We didn't, we didn't know that we were going to have a breakdown and we had to hire this new truck, so you have to pay them. I'm not going to pay you guys. He turned around, whistled, and off the truck went, drove away. Where's my stuff? Here's our card. Give us a call when you have $10,000. Over and over and over. I had to move many times because I had to move while I was waiting for my house to be built in, in 2002, right? During that period of time and to move, move again, move again. Here's one of the little tricks with movers. If you're going to move across country or across the town, number one, get a flat rate. It will be $3,000. That's it. 
6,000. That's it. No more. Not per hour, not per item. And you need replacement costs, not actual cash value. So a two-year-old television might be worth $40. But I want a brand new two-year-old television because you dropped it and you broke it. So that might be $400. So replacement value is the $400. That's the insurance. I don't want a $40 check because you broke my TV. How am I supposed to get a new TV for 40 bucks? So you don't want ACV, actual cash value. You want replacement cost. All right. So listen, yes, there are decent movers in the world. If you're a good guy, gal, and you're a good moving company and you're honest, you will thrive in the industry because in today's world of Yelp and Google reviews, et cetera, you can be the person who kicks butt and does amazing integrity and value and showing up on time and people that are clean and don't smell and brush their teeth and on and on. You get that? I, that's the business to have. Do what you say, go above and beyond. Just like in any business, you can do well. All right. So sell, give away most items. Whatever you move, I would prefer you move it in your own little truck because it's going to be very little. But if you have to hire somebody, make sure you get a, a contract for one full price. All right. Num number uh, two here. Set up a special needs trust. What is a special needs trust? So first of all, you're going to do this through an attorney. You're not going to do this through your financial advisor. You're not going to do it through your CPA. You're going to do this through an attorney and not your brother-in-law, who's a great attorney. If you got in a car accident or not your, your, your sister-in-law, who's a great attorney. If you need to be file a divorce. No, no, this is an attorney that does estate planning, right? We have them, some that we recommend, but there's other good ones out there. Make sure you get reviews. Make sure you know what they know what they're doing. They've been in business for a while. A revocable living trust can have a special needs trust provision inside of it. An estate planning attorney expert can help set that up so that when you pass away, dollars are pushed into that special needs trust and it owns the money, not your son, so that your son can still qualify for state benefits, state care. Otherwise, your assets, your money, when you pass away, will go to the state. California puts a lien. Some of you know this. It's a lien. That means you want to get Medicare, great. But you start getting Medi-Cal or other states, it's called Medicaid. And you start pulling those dollars. They keep track of this. And when you die, they put a lien on your house. They put a lien on your stuff. They take your stuff. Take your money. Even though you pay taxes on it all those years, they, they tax you again by taking it back. You're like, but wait, didn't I pay tax on it? Yeah, but that doesn't count. Oh, okay. So what can you do? You can fund a special needs trust with life insurance. So you can get a life insurance policy where the beneficiary of that life insurance policy is the special needs trust. Then you can use the retirement accounts as you wish and have a good life so that you're not worried about, well, anything. Because the biggest mistake that people make is they have a great special needs trust, but they don't fund it. There's no money left to fill it. The special needs trust can pay for the health, welfare, maintenance, support, education, insurance, internet, 
for that special needs child. And what you do is you have a professional trustee, usually an attorney or a bank, depending on the size of your asset, right? If it's a special needs trust that has $250,000, that's great. It can help whatever the dollars are that you're going to have paid out each month. But if it's a special needs trust that has $2 million because you sold a building or part of the house or the, okay, well, you need a professional trustee. They'll charge you, but have an attorney or a professional trustee manage it, not your son. Your son's job is to advocate for the care for the other boy. But not every day, not if he wants to, you know, doesn't want to, not on a Thursday. I want the professional to be the one who handles the money and who fights for your son. Okay. Because we're only going to keep heirloom furniture, when you get to the new place, you have more than enough money, guys, each month to come in, to pay for your care, to pay for everything that you need. And we'll take the retirement accounts and we'll separate them up. And we'll look to see, do we want to start income now? Do we want to start income later? Because one of the challenges for you, you have social security of $1,800 a month and your husband's pension from the school district is $7,900. Usually when one of you dies, we're going to lose the $1,800 a month. So what I would do is use some of that retirement account to back in so that 5, 10, 20 years from now, when one of you passes away, we don't lose the lifestyle that you're accustomed to. We just flip a switch and start income coming from the new asset, part of your retirement account. And when both of you pass away, the beneficiary of all of that is your trust and both of your boys. Great way to care for them. Great way to make sure that no matter what happens to you, they're taken care of. You guys have a blessed Christmas. Merry Christmas. And don't forget why we're celebrating this season. It's the birth of Christ. God bless you all. Merry Christmas. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.